Only 4% of universities in the U.S. are R1 research institutions, and Temple University is one of them. This means 100% of students have the opportunity to participate in hands-on learning and research with world-class faculty. With over 600 academic programs across 17 schools and colleges, Philadelphia's largest public university provides students with a rich variety of opportunities and propels graduates to succeed in their careers. Temple University. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. visit Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Purple Dinosaur Cast. Purple Dinosaur Podcast. Tyler Mine and Tony Masterson. Purple Dinosaur Cast. Purple Dinosaur Podcast. Tyler and Anthony Masterson. Welcome to the Purple Dinosaur Podcast with Anthony Masterson and Tyler Mon. Enjoy the show. Hello there. Oh, and hi. welcome in to the latest episode of the Purple Dinosaur Podcast. Goodbye, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> That's the for this week. <laughs> uh, Marty, very excited about the commercial roast of the week that we have coming up later on in the show. It is our very first throwback commercial roast of the week. I believe it came out the year that you and I met, and it popped yeah. into my head the other day um, because I ate an empanada. And uh, <laughs> and and you'll understand why when we play it later. But I'm very excited about it. I texted it, it to you, and I was like, "Do you remember this commercial?" Yeah, it, it's not the little kid saying, and I don't like sausage. And I don't like sausage. <laughs> the little New York kid in the, uh, what was that commercial for? It was it's for like, Tyson for Chicken? Your... It was like a chicken nuggets commercial? Yes, I believe it was. It was all about like kids being picky eaters, and there was this yeah. one just super New York kid who was like, and, and it... Maybe six years old. And he's like, and I yeah. don't like sausage. Like, like the whole the whole thing was like, I don't like broccoli. I don't like whatever. Right. And the kid was like, and I don't like sausage. <laughs> oh man, that kid was the best. And that is the line that we have used uh, about pizza ever since. It's fantastic. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so, hey, welcome into this week's episode of the Old Purple Dinosaur Podcast. I'm Tyler Mon. I'm Anthony Masterson. We're kind of doing like, I guess, bi-weekly episodes now, yeah, bi-curious we, episodes. We, <laughs> is that what it we, is? we are the, yeah, the bi-curious episodes. <laughs> uh, we're, we're looking into to other teams. Into other and, uh, podcast yeah, uh, formats. And other, other podcasts. Yeah. Other, we we other just want to see. Talk about. You know, we, we've having feelings lately. See, whatever's right for us, you know. Right. Right. Yeah. Baseball fandom is a, is a broad prism. It's a spectrum, yeah. if you will. And uh, unfortunately, we are, we're stuck in the terrible bit. You're pan fan Sewell. Right. Demi fan Sewell. Right. Yeah. We can't cheer for a team until we're into them. Right. Um, yeah. And for some reason, we're into this team. Uh, it's, uh, it's, it's more just it's, like, you know, I, I don't know. It's just, 
I do it out of habit now. I don't know. Yeah, it's like, it's like a memory. reflex yeah. now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I had a guy come by, a notary come by the house yesterday to finish off a refinance for my house that's been I've been working on for literally six months. Uh, the, the folks in American financing, despite what Peyton Manning tells you, not really a, a crack squad over there. But um, this guy came by and he was like, we're talking about sports and whatever. And he's like, so you're from here. Are you just like a, a Colorado fan? I was like, yeah, I am. And uh, he said something about the Rockies, and I was like, yeah, they just make me miserable. And he goes, well, you can always be a Bo Sox fan because he's from somewhere in New England. And I was like, no, nah, I'm good. Uh, pass. I'd rather, I'd rather <laughs> cheer for a team that makes me miserable than yeah. be one of you, than be part yeah. of your cult. God. Um, yeah, so, uh, you know. But, hey, the Rockies, like, as of late, they're uh, – I mean, they're not good, but they're not <laughs> heinous. Yeah. As of late, they're five and twenty-three on the road. Yeah, that part. That part's not good. <laughs> Still um, the worst win percentage of all time for any single season. Worst road team in the history of baseball on pace for that, and they have the second most home wins in the National League. <laughs> <laughs> they are literally twenty and fourteen, and literal at home, and literally five and twenty-three on the road. They are if, four if, games. If they, were just, if they were just a bad team, yeah. on the road, like, right. There could be something there. <laughs> if they were a, they've played twenty-eight uh, road games. If they were a twelve and sixteen team on the road, they're thirty-two and thirty right now. They're an above five hundred yeah. team. They're still yeah. in fourth place in the division, but they're an above five hundred sure. team. Yeah, um, yeah, you're, you're fighting for the last wild card spot. Oh, this franchise, man. <laughs> oh God, it's so. it's amazing what they've done this year. Like it's yeah. it's honestly it's more difficult to do what they've done this year than to just be bad. Yeah. Yeah. Because like last basically. year, like they, they couldn't win at home. They were twelve right. and eighteen at home. And yeah, they've had these weird struggles at Coors Field over the last few years. Yeah. Uh, and now it's just like it is the ultimate Rockies baseball this year. They're playing very well on the moon, as Madison Bumgarner would say, as Madison Baumgartner would say. As Madison Baumgartner. And now they cannot win games away from home. Although, except for last night, yeah, they won coming last off a night, win. going for a road series win here today uh, over the Miami Marlins, as they'll play the finale of that series coming up tonight. But they got to face their... Trevor Rogers, yeah. who is the the best starter you don't know about. Yeah, he's yeah. very good. He's very good. <laughs> um, the Rockies have not yet won back to back games on the road. Uh, they did split a, nope, nope, never mind. I thought they had a split of a series on the road. Nope, sure don't. Idiot. Uh, they have not nope. won a series on the road. They haven't won back-to-back games on the road. They have now two separate season-long winning streaks of four that I'm sure will be the season-long through the end of this season. And, Ooh. uh, yep, it's, it's, but they have won 10 of their last 18. You know. They, they sure things have. Happen. <laughs> Making things happen. Happens. They've also won yeah. two of their last three on the road. Baby what? steps. Get out of here. Ah, <laughs> uh, so it's really just the most confounding and infuriating and perfectly Rockies team in franchise history. And uh, kind we got, of, we got yeah. a lot to talk about on this week's episode. Where like should we begin? Uh, well, do you want to begin with our pal Austin Gomber? Yeah, let's go for it. Let's, let's, let's start there. As yeah. as it's called, I think. The, the the Blake Street Gombers. Yeah. Yeah. Gomber um, guys and gals. Yeah, it's a we have asked some mass PDPs later, we'll get into this as well. But like yeah. it's it's going to be very impossible for Austin Gomber to really get a fair shake in Denver. You know? Yeah. It's like it's like being Brian Greasy after Elway retires. Right. Right. It, you're never gonna get a, a fair shot. No. 
because of who you were traded for. You know, you you are the the main centerpiece in a Nolan Arenado trade, yeah, which guy. is like you, you you sell the Hall of Famer in the prime of his candidacy in a lunatic mm-hmm. deal. Um, yeah. And then your GM steps down or is fired or whatever because the trade was so bad. Um, what Austin Gomber has done this year is actually pretty damn impressive. And I got to say, whenever he goes out there, like he he's given the Rockies a chance to win way more often than not. Yeah. Um, overall in the season, he is 5-5, five and five, hashtag pitcher wins. Um, ERA is just a tick under 4. Uh, he's striking out more than a batter per inning. Uh, he's got a 1.13 whip, which is pretty good. Um, he's had a couple of blowups, which makes his overall numbers seem worse than they actually are. He gave up nine runs in an inning and two-thirds against the Giants on April 26th and uh, walked seven in his debut with the Rockies on April 4th. Other than that, he goes six innings pretty much every start. He gets the Rockies deep into the game without giving up too many runs. Uh, he's given up, besides that one game, the nine-run game he gave up um, against the Giants, he's given up more than three earned runs once. In the rest of his starts? Yeah. And I feel for the guy because, like I said, he's not not going to have a chance. It's not his fault, but he's not going to really get the fair shake. No matter what he does, everyone's going to be like, oh, well, you know, he better be good. He was traded for Nolan. But to be able to go into a season like that, knowing that that's going to be the case um, and not having it affect you seemingly. I mean, the, the first start he came out, he walked seven. And you're like, oh, well, here we go. You know, another crappy pickup. Austin Gomber has been very, very solid this season. Eight quality starts on the year, which, like I said, not the BL end-all stat, but it just means you're giving your team a chance to win. And eight quality starts this year for Austin Gomber? Hey, man, that's that's all we ask for, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, he he pitched, pitched last night. He didn't have his big curveball last night for whatever reason. Didn't throw it that often, but he got through five innings against the Marlins. Um, gave up one run. Didn't walk about or struck out five. Ended up getting... The win, hashtag pitcher wins. He's won three of his last four games, hashtag pitcher wins. Went eight innings against the, and got to the ninth against the Mets on the road. You know, through six shutout against the Rangers, who are had their own road woes as well. But like, when he doesn't walk guys, he's pretty good. Yeah. And he has not walked more than one in a start since walking multiple batters in every start in April. He's had so, one yeah. or zero walks in every single start since. And he's now in, on eight in, straight starts. In five starts in April, he walked 19. In eight starts in May, in May and June, he's walked four. Man. He's walked four batters in eight starts in May and June. That's amazing. A, a 48 to four strikeout to walk ratio in that time. That's like Garrett Cole-esque in the sense, like the yeah. sense of all the strikeouts, no walks. Like, and for a Rockies pitcher, yeah. Like what? What the hell? <laughs> yeah. Because clearly, even when he's walking guys and his command's not great, he's hard to hit. Yeah, even in, in April, he the, the opponent average was two hundred seven, even though he walked nineteen, gave up a couple home runs. But since then, it's been about two fifteen is the opponent average. Like he's he's very tough to hit. He's got a big curveball. He's got a, a pretty decent fastball. He hides the ball well. And I, I I don't know. I, you you feel like whenever he goes out there, it's going to be a good thing for the Rockies. Yeah, yeah. And I, and I, I I'm more surprised than anybody about that. I not think that was going to be the case ever, and yet he's going out and showing me that yeah, this guy can this guy can be pretty decent. I don't I don't know, I don't know. You, you know what's so strange about this team is like they've gone from the beginning of the season we talked about like you know they still have a very good starting pitching staff which they do, um, and first it was the the bullpen you know the bullpen right. couldn't get figured out, now it's the offense can't hit on the road, 
Um, like they're going through all of these other stages of Rocky's grief that we're all so familiar <laughs> with. Uh, well, I can't adjust from Coors Field to being on the road. The bullpen can't close anybody out, blah, blah, blah. But like starting pitching continues to be really good. Really yeah. good for them. Really good. Yeah. Like they, they are tied for, to. like, again, quality starts. Again, not the BL end all, but it tells a story. They have 26 quality starts this year. That's fourth in the National League, only behind the Dodgers, Brewers, and Giants. That is amazing. That is Isn't amazing. it? <laughs> and they are 12 games under 500 because they are 18 under on the road. Yeah, like, I mean, this year, Sensatella, he's been on and off the IL, but when he's been, he's been pretty good as of late. Gomer's got an ERA under four. Um, Herman's got an ERA under four now. He's been really good as of late after a couple of blowups early in the season. Um, Sensatella, like, all these guys have pitched pretty damn well. Marquez hasn't allowed more than one run and a start since the middle of May. Yeah, that is pretty impressive. Like, like he's um, been awesome, and and Sensatella's going deep into games. He struck out eight in that game against the Marlins the other night. Um, for the bullpen, ended up crapping on it on things, which again is no surprise. Part of the course, yeah. Kyle Freeland's been a bit concerning. Uh, he's only pitched in three games so far, but uh, he's made it through the fifth just once. He has two starts of his three so far, in which he has struck out one batter. He struck out five and in four innings. And walked three against the Mets in his first start back. One run on four hits. Then he struck out one and walked four in four innings at the Pirates on May 30th. And then he struck out one while giving up five runs on ten hits at home against the A's on June 5th. So that's a little concerning. But, you know, when that's the problem of like, well, this guy who, you know, was a top three Cy Young finisher a few years ago, he's trying to get himself figured out after an injury. When that's your issue and not... All right, how do we not send Chichi Gonzalez out there? I guess you're on a, a little bit better track. Right. Yeah, now that that uh, John Gray's on the IL, that's a little different now. Because uh, yeah. he started out well. He's been the opposite. He started out really well and has been horrendous over the last few starts. Um, but yeah, like every Rocky starter this year has been above average in terms of ERA+. Plus. You know, Marquez at 118, Gomber 117, Sensatello right at 100, that's Gray amazing. at 108. Yeah, that is amazing. You would never think that about a Rockies team. Oh, no, absolutely not. This rotation is what they, you know, have been aiming to put together for the entirety of franchise history, and they finally have gotten it. And uh, now they just can't hit away from Coors Field. It's great. Everything's great. <laughs> well, and, and not even just they can't hit; they can't do anything. Yeah, they can't do anything away from Coors Field. So that's not a, not a not a damn thing. Super fun. Um, the uh, the Rockies are right now a team that sits at 25 and 37, 13 and a half games back in the National League West. They are five and a half games better than the Arizona Diamondbacks, who are who? 20 and 43. Sorry, Nicole. How yeah, is and, that team that and- bad? Breaking news from Ken Rosenthal. Uh, D-backs have just fired their hitting coach, Darnell Coles, ah, and well, assistant hitting coach, Eric Hinsky. Problem solved. Problem solved, Problem everyone. solved. Sure, that was it. It was just the hitting Boy. coach. No, just, like, at least I know we sport. talked about this last episode. How is they, that team they, that bad? They have no excuse. They're awful. Awful. 20 and 43. And that's it, like a team that, you know, again, I know we, you know, not to turn this into like a D-backs podcast because we did this last episode, but like that team is not, you look up and down that roster and like there are a lot of guys that you're, oh yeah, I remember this dude, but like dudes that you would expect, like Nick Ahmed, Nick Ahmed is a horrible player now. 
He's batting 222, yeah. a 607 OPS. Cole Calhoun is like still good. Um, but like some of these other dudes who you would have expected in that lineup to be dudes are not really being dudes. Cattell Marte is pretty much it. He's back now. He was hurt for a while. Right. Zach, Zach Gallon's been yeah, out. Yeah, Zach Gallon's like, been out. Carson Kelly was out for a little while. He's been really good this year. Madison Baumgartner, uh, just not good. Madison Baumgartner. Baumgartner. Uh, John Duplantier, not good. I know he's only pitched yeah, a few games, but he's been really they, bad. A top prospect for a long time. They really, they really just got, they got nothing, man. Yeah. But they're all, they're a team for that, our purposes. And like, also, like, they're always going to team that's going to come into Coors and score, you know, 15 runs a game at one point this year. But they've already done that a couple times, and yeah. they have, they got swept. Yeah. <laughs> so they, they've lost 19 consecutive road games. That is unbelievable. So and, they're, they're, the record is 22. They've lost 19 straight, and they've still <laughs> won four more games on the road than the Rockies <laughs> this year. They've lost 19 straight road games. They've lost basically every game on the road for the last two months, and they still have four more road wins than the Rockies this year. Is that good? Doesn't seem good. Doesn't seem good. 20 and 43, 9 and 27 on the road, and markedly better on the road than the Rockies. Oh, God. Woof. I can't. Woof. I can't, man. Yeah. They got a, they got a minus 71 run differential. That is the D-backs unbelievable. Too. The Pirates the have- are Minus the Rockies are minus 42. Yeah, and that's are minus bad. The Rockies that's, are that's really bad. bad. And and yet, the D-backs almost double them up. Yeah, exactly. That is rough. Um, and the Pittsburgh Pirates, who are uh, minus 78, were on the verge of sweeping the Rockies before a rally to avoid that. So that was great. Um, so this team is, you know, in a very strange spot right now. And... There was uh, an interview the other day in which the interim general manager, Bill Schmidt, came out and, you know, said some things and got everybody up in arms and, like, I don't know, man. I think you put it very well, like, oh, the guy who's been there for over 20 years doesn't want to rock the boat. Like, what did we expect Bill Schmidt to yep. say? <laughs> yeah, what, what if Everybody's, Bill like, like, so like, fired up about Bill Schmidt's this comments. This is my like, team. I'm right. going to make – no, say? dude. Like, like, He's a one. player development guy. He's a, not even a player right. development guy. He's, like, an no, amateur scouting, scouting guy. guy. Like – he, he knows more about the SEC, like he said. He right. said on his first day of work, he yeah. knows more about the SEC and the Pac-12 than he does about the, the Major League team. Just, cool. Just great. great. Just great. Good, That's good. what you want in a GM. Yeah. Yeah, Jeez. I don't really know. Uh, you know, even like like Patrick Saunders had a snide tweet about, uh, you know, how this Bill Schmidt seems to just believe that players need to play better and the Rockies aren't that far away from contending. I, mean, I don't think he said that at all. And, and like, not I only think- that, but like – the Rockies, if they could play 500 ball on the road, would be contending right now. They're a 20 and 14 team at home. They've played 28 yeah. road games. If they had won 12 of those, they're right in the mix for a wild card spot. So, like, I don't know. What did you expect Bill Schmidt was going to say? Like, why is everybody yeah. mad about this? In the organization where there is, where you have, as I said before, the job security of a Saudi prince, yeah, where, with much. whatever you, whatever job you hold in the organization, you will hold like, it forever. You hold it forever. Like it, it is like it's a lifetime appointment when you get a job with the Rockies, yeah. unless you don't want it anymore. So why, why would we think that the guy who's been there for 20 years behind the scenes yeah. is going to want to come up, get a job like in front of everything and now start rocking the boat? Like, come on, man. Like, don't don't be stupid. You can be mad about other things that are real. Don't be yeah. mad about that. It, it leads us into, I think, two very uh, interesting conversations to have from that. Number one. I was going to tweet this out the other day and I held off just because I think people are probably more interested in it who listen to this show than just like the wider baseball audience. But the Rockies have a front office culture right now that I think is in complete crisis. 
Since the end of the 2020 season, your general manager decimated your fan base by trading away a franchise icon in exchange for, you know, a, a collection of pieces, um, none of which seemed to form anything resembling a contending core going forward. Um, then he quit. Your director of media relations quit. That was Warren Miller. He left after last season. Uh, your social media guy who has been widely hailed across the industry quit. He left. Julian Valentin, who we've had a, a complicated relationship with, but wish all the best yeah. to going forward sure. um, in his yeah. ventures. And uh, your already minuscule analytics department uh, lost at least one member recently um, and maybe more over the last few weeks. After having four leave yeah. last year. Yeah, I believe. To, 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 to get out of the sport altogether because I they think, didn't want it. I think they all opened they're laundromats. Yeah, their love for the game was all just – yeah, they, they found their true passion. I think they all opened laundromats. <laughs> Talk about a no-brainer. you got oh. a, a little downtown storefront, throw some washers and dryers in there and name it hey, the man. Department of Analytics and Laundry. Um, it, it's, you know, that's the Ryan Bloom business model now. Sure I think is. we got to do that and capitalize on it for Ryan. Um, sure. But this is a front office that is not in a healthy place. And, uh, you know – uh, okay, I, I don't really know what all we expect from this team going forward. From right now until the end of the season, I don't expect anything from this franchise. The no. next guidepost that I am looking toward as I evaluate my Rockies fandom, if I'm a Rockies fan tuned into this show, is what does the GM search look like postseason? Because if we get to postseason, you know, the, the playoffs, the World Series wrap up, and Dick Monfort says, you know what? I think Bill Schmidt's the guy. Or, you know what? Zach Rosenthal or Zach Wilson, they're the guy. If the Rockies do not open this up to major changes, which they have never done in franchise history. Um, external help. Yeah, that would be it for me. I, I would be, and I would not blame anybody else to to cut bait with this franchise because that is when you know that literally nothing will ever change. No. Um, but from now until then, like, what do you expect Bill Schmidt to say? Well, oh, you're, really? you're not happy about uh, about McGregor Square opening up the grand yeah. opening of McGregor Square. That's the I mean, perfect the, the, over the the, the, uh, the, re, the reason why the Rockies can't sign free agents <laughs> over the off season when the the Padres announced the Blake Snell trade and the Rockies announced a construction update on McGregor Square on the same day. It was yeah. great. That was great. That was um, beautiful. Yeah, it's just like you know, I I, I don't. Bill Schmidt saying oh, we don't really know what the market is for Trevor Story right now, and maybe we're not going to move him. Like, what is he going to say? It's well, like, also if, if you're doing it as a as a smokescreen, yeah, that's one thing. But I don't give the Rockies that much credit. Right, true. <laughs> um, but I also think like, you know, I don't know if I am a guy who has been in scouting for you know thirty years, and all of a sudden I'm handed the keys to a major league franchise as the general manager. My first order of business is probably not, I need to work on my media skills. You know, like, right. so I'm not really that. People were so angry about Bill Schmidt and these comments in his interview. Like, I'm not really that. I don't think Bill Schmidt, I don't think it's a real high priority for him to go to Patrick Saunders and just give him the clear lay of the land. Like, I think yeah. Bill Schmidt's probably like drinking out of a fire hose and just trying to make sure that he gets to the deadline and gets something done for this team before he yeah. can hopefully hand off the front office to an outsider and maybe keep his job as the as the scouting director. Like, I don't really blame Bill Schmidt for that interview. No, no, we had a a follower who uh, when we posted about the McGregor Square opening, because um, Renee Deckert, whose uh, initial post it was, she thought it was interesting that Clint Hurdle was going to be there at the grand opening. Yeah, 
And we had a follower, I think Josh Likes Comics, at Josh Likes Comics, who said, yeah, Clint Hurley got their announcement as the new GM as a joke. And I was like, oh, man, that is totally something Dick Moffer would absolutely do. <laughs> that is definitely true. He would a, he would a thousand percent hire Clint Hurdle to be the GM. And I said, I told Josh, it's like, hey, man, when that happens, we're totally blaming you. You can't he speak, said, uh, he's, you can't he speak said, it I understand. Josh, <laughs> he spoke it into existence, man. Don't speak it into existence, Josh. I, I could. Can't you see that absolutely happening? Yeah. Yeah. One yeah, million right? percent. A yeah. million percent. Like the, the one guy who he actually <sighs> did fire yeah. has yeah, to bring him back, back. Bring in, him some, back. in some other major capacity. Make him GM. It's great. I, dude, uh, w- when he said it, I had never thought about it, and my face melted like Ark of the Covenant. <laughs> I, I was just like, I was like, oh no. Oh God, I looked directly at it. Because it's, it's absolutely something that's going to happen. Oh God. Ah, uh, so uh, yeah, that's that's part of where the the Rockies are right now. The other thing that I think we need to discuss as it relates to, you know, talking about Bill Schmidt and talking about some of these uh, these franchise wide things. Uh, the Rockies' 2016 third overall pick in the draft, the first oh, yeah. round selection, third overall pick, Riley Pint announced that he has retired from baseball. Riley Pint is 23 years old. He was taken, sorry, I said third overall, fourth overall by the Rockies in 2016 uh, in a draft that included Mickey Moniak, uh, the first pick who has made his major league debut now, uh, I believe, or has Mickey Moniak just been up to... No, he he, he did. He He made his debut last year. That's right. Um, Mickey Moniak, who was kind of a surprise as the, the first round guy, um, or as the first overall pick, I should say that year, um, Nick Senzel with the Cincinnati Reds, Ian Anderson for Atlanta. Um, and then Riley Pine, that whole first round has been a very mixed bag. Um, Corey Ray right behind Riley Pine, the fifth overall pick for the Brewers, AJ Puck with the A's who's battled injuries, Braxton Garrett with the Marlins, Cal Quantrill, who was drafted by the Padres and since moved Garrett around pitch yesterday against the Rockies. Yeah. He started that. Yeah. <clears throat> it's, um, a, a class that has been, laden with um a lot of ups and downs shall we say you know jay groom of the boston red sox i don't even know if jay groom is in pro ball anymore but one pick in front of him was kyle lewis who's the american league rookie of the year um jay groom is still in pro ball he's got a 6.84 era for the red sox high a affiliate in greenville south carolina so it's it was a weird class but the rockies now between their 2015 and 2016 drafts have seen a whole lot of movement in ways that you uh, don't really want to see. The Rockies had really highly touted drafts in 2015 and 2016. Mm -hmm. And uh, the 2015 one led off by Brendan Rodgers, a very big no-brainer selection uh, for the Rockies. And In in their defense, it was a no-brainer pick. Right, right. At at the time, of course. Brendan Rodgers, you know, and I still think Brendan Rodgers has time to be a a very effective major league player, and I'm still on the bandwagon that I think he probably will be. Um, But of the three pitchers that they took in the first round, Riley Pint, Mike Nickerack, friend of the podcast, and Robert Tyler, a college pitcher out of Georgia, all of them have retired. Which Tyler, is amazing. Six six years. In six years. Not even. For for a few of them, five Five, years. Five years. Tyler Nevin, who was a, a competitive balance round selection, they traded him to Baltimore in a deal for Michael Givens, who they don't need because they're terrible, and why do you need to trade for relief help on a bad team? Uh, Brendan Rodgers is the only player to have made it past double A in the organization. And to have ruined Riley Pint 
is really just incredible to me. Now, this is this is what I followed up that tweet with. You're going to miss on draft picks and going to miss on draft classes. That's the nature Especially of the baseball. beast. Yeah. The problem for the Rockies is that they've also missed horribly in free agency, their relationship with their fan base, and their front office culture, which is fraying right now. So what that all means is we've reached this crossroads for the Rockies, where they're at uh, a point where the overarching lesson from all of this is that they are in desperate need of massive changes that they have never attempted. Um, And this offseason and this promised external GM search, that to me – that is a make-or-break moment for a whole large portion of this fan base. And I just look at somebody like Riley Pint and think, how do you screw that up that badly? And beyond him, it's Mike Nickerak was the same exact sort of situation. A guy who just yeah. all of a sudden, a dominant high school arm. Now, granted, Mike Nickerak had had some his command issues before getting into pro ball and all that. But you get a guy like Mike Nickerak and a guy like Riley Pint, you are supposed to be a Major League Baseball franchise that gets players in and makes them better. Riley Pint, in his professional career, pitched 166 and two-thirds innings. He walked 134 batters. Yeah. Like, he he was like a real-life Nuke Lelouch, but not successful, you know? Yeah. Um, and the sad thing is, like, his numbers this year – we're really not that terrible. He was um, coming off some of his, his better outings of the season. Yeah. I mean, his la- his last two outings didn't go for a run in three innings, struck out six, walked a pair, no hits. You know, he Moved had, to the uh, bullpen two, a couple yeah, years ago. outing against uh, Eugene, struck out five in two innings. But, you know, and then came a scoreless inning there and then announced his retirement. That's it's, It was odd timing. Yeah. It Unless just he, like... he learned some news that you know we didn't, we don't, we're not a privy to, obviously, but... It was a very, very odd timing for it, in my opinion. He dealt with forearm issue. He had an oblique injury. Um, and then it just got to a point. And I remember I've talked with Riley Pine a couple times. I talked with him in spring training a couple years ago. I talked with him when he was with Grand Junction in his debut season. He was very much what Jeff Passan described him as being in the arm. Riley Pine was one of the centerpiece stories of the arm. Right. A brilliant book by Jeff Passan. And it really just seemed like, oh, this is a kid that you cannot miss on. He's got a great head on his shoulders. He's a multi-sport athlete. He's very well-rounded. Not the type of guy you feel like is going to break down as a pro pitcher. Um, The Rockies broke him down. Uh, (laughs) Riley Pine. Now, granted, there is a lot of stuff that goes on behind the scenes in baseball and – you never know what is happening in the life, the career of a 23-year-old, all of that. Um, and I'm, I'm certainly not going to put this all on the Rockies um, in an isolated circumstance like Riley Pine. He's also a guy who the, drafting high school pitchers is a very high-risk activity. Um, and the Rockies have not really been a franchise that has developed high school pitching that well. Um, they've developed college pitching okay, John Gray and Kyle Freeland and these dudes who they brought up, you know, even Tyler Anderson, if you want to go back for a while. Um, but this franchise, this is not an isolated incident. The fact yeah. that Mike Nickerak had the same exact struggles and has now retired. Robert Tyler was a college guy, and he went through some nonsense and has now retired. It just makes you think like, what else is going on behind the scenes in this organization? Um, Probably not anything great. Yeah, it certainly doesn't seem like it. Uh, you know, and the Rockies have a, a collection of other pitching prospects that coming into the organization, you think like, okay, these guys have a chance to really make something happen at the major league level. They could be, you know, part of a, a bullpen or whatever. And all of a sudden these dudes just get into the Rockies system 
and just cannot find it. And I don't know if it's something where this is a franchise that is pitching something at the the professional level whether it's you know mechanical changes or uh you know stuff that they want pitchers working pitching on to whatever. contact which that is something that stuff. we've had a, an issue with with yeah. the rockies in the past yeah um, i learned i pitched a contact in an age where strikeout is king right right it's a very it's a very smart thing but like you look at you know another very good example uh tommy doyle who was a, a guy who the Rockies nabbed uh, in the competitive balance B round in 2017. Tommy Doyle comes in first season at Grand Junction ERA 5.14. Then moves to the bullpen um, for a full season. He's always been a relief guy, but moves in for a full season, goes to Asheville. Very good numbers. Hartford uh, in 2021 kind of struggled. Then all of a sudden, you know, what do you have in this guy? He pitched at the major league level last year for a few games. He's had good low-level minor league numbers. You have no idea what he can do with the upper levels. He was terrible in his big league time. Like, he's a struggle. Carl Kaufman, who they drafted uh, out of the University of Michigan back in 2019, he's been awful this season. A 5.40 in six starts. Uh, another guy who is not striking anybody out. 17 strikeouts in 26 and two-thirds against 10 walks. Opponents are hitting almost 300 against him. Um, Lucas Gilbraith has been up to the major league level this year. He's got awful numbers throughout his minor league career, uh, with the exception of a couple appearances this year. He was a 2017 draft pick in the seventh round. Um, they just, like, you'd never seem to notice guys outside of the Rockies' You know, when they're drafting in the top 10, it seems like you never seem to notice guys who make the climb and get to the major. The Rockies never nab somebody in the, you know, eighth round out of a small college and turn him into a legitimate major league pitching contributor the way other organizations do. It's happened, yeah, but, yeah. but they don't yeah. do it. More often than not, these guys flame out very quickly. Or they go somewhere else and become really effective big right. league pitchers like Sam Howard. Right who's having a phenomenal season out of the Pirates' bullpen if the Rockies gave him up for nothing, I'm yeah. pretty sure. Yeah. No, or um, someone like Ryan I believe Rollison Sam Howard was, was DFA'd. Yeah. I think the Pirates just claimed him. Yeah. And, yeah, what's Sam Howard doing this year? Like he, He's striking out as, as a lefty. 2.3 ADRA this year. 2.3 DRA, uh, striking out 12 batters per nine. Uh, it's pretty decent. 1.147 uh, whip. Yeah, pretty good. Yeah, yeah, yeah he was pretty just good. picked off of uh, waivers in 2019. Rockies yeah. got nothing. And that, uh, he was a third rounder in 2014. Yeah, out of Georgia Southern. Yep. And then, but someone like Ryan Rollison, who the you know first round pick, who put up okay numbers in Double A, got Triple A, did not play great, and then his ex appendix exploded. Yeah. You know. Great. If it's if it's great. not one thing, it's another. With it's always another prospects right now. Uh, yeah. And it just the Riley Pint thing just blows you away because again, it yeah. would be one thing if it was Tommy Doyle or if it was Mike Nickerack alone. Or if it was, uh, you know, Riley Pint as a, a solo person. Like, one of these guys being a, a a player who has struggled, if you see Robert Tyler go out and he just can't figure it out and he decides to hang it up, that's one thing. But to have three first-round draft picks within the last six years that you selected on the pitcher's mound and have all of them retire before, I would imagine, before they're all – Robert Tyler is the and, oldest of the group. And, I think he's maybe and, 26. And have the love for the game driven out of you by the Colorado Rockies and enough that you want to walk away from yeah. it forever. Uh, it's, um, yeah, it's just all a little concerning, man. And uh, there is so much smoke coming out of that front office right now that yeah. you just wonder where the fire is. 
And yeah. uh, it's it is a lot of people climbing into lifeboats. And just wait for the next athletic expose. Yeah. Um, it's, <laughs> just wait, wait till that happens again. Woof. Um, Zach Wilson, yeah. Rockies assistant general manager of player development, said that, quote, some personal decisions led to Riley Pint retiring. Uh, and he said, quote, we want to support Riley right now where he's at in his life and we'll certainly support him as the next several weeks and months and years. We drafted him, and he spent a lot of time here. We've worked very hard with him, so just because he's decided to step away doesn't mean that we're going to cut that off at all. I mean, at least he got $5 million. You know. Yeah, man, sure did. Good Guess for he him. got something. Um, but, man, what a, a brutal franchise this looks like right yeah. now. Um, so, finally, I some ass- yeah, yeah but, well, yeah. I, I do feel like just very quickly we owe sort of a mea culpa to our uh, proclamation that Charlie Blackman was dead. Yeah, it's true, yeah. <laughs> He's been very good since. Well, sorry, like you, yeah, you really <laughs> just just dug the knife in. How you, 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 you hate that guy. That is you, you are my way. <laughs> you, that's what you, you sound like. That's what you sound since like. May first, he's hitting three thirty nine. It's the fourth best mark in baseball. Four twenty four on base percentage, which is third best in baseball. You know, he looks like Charlie Blackman again. Yeah, um, and overall, his numbers are creeping toward his normal slash line: two seventy seven, three seventy six, four fourteen. <laughs> Slugging's not quite there yet, but you know. Yeah, it's, since May 1st, it's 339, 424, 487. That's pretty much Charlie Blackman. Yeah. yeah. He had a pretty rough first month. He's still old, can't really play defense at all, but you know, he's he's hitting the ball again. Yeah. Homer Road. Homer Road, he's hitting the ball. Good, good for him. That's good. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Uh, Okay. Should we do some Ask PDPs? (laughs) Yes. That's enough. Turtle Blackman time is over. (laughs) Sorry, Chuck. <laughs> okay. Hit it, John Snodgrass. Psst. Hey. Hey. I got a question. Do you have questions? I have an answer for you. Go get your questions at the Purple Dynacast. Ba-da, ba-da, ba-da. not had ass pdps in a long time we have not had ass pdps in a we've long time. we've not heard john snodgrass in a long time we have not heard john snodgrass in a long time with the ass pdp jingle and it's very good to uh to have him back um so you know, he always tweets at us like hey hey buddy how's it going like, hey buddy he's so great he's, he's the, a he's a very positive man that john snodgrass i love that chief guy chief morale officer yeah of, yeah uh, <laughs> chief morale officer john snodgrass of I, rocky's twitter i, love I hope he listens i hope he likes that I that term 
Nobody does too. Chief Morale Officer. I think I he like does it. listen like every week. I think he does. He's fantastic. Um, okay. Let's do it. Um, <laughs> from uh, I, I want to kick off with this one because I feel like it's a it's a good question and one that should be discussed from uh, Eric Garcia McKinley. Uh, the former headman at Purple Row. Yes. He asks, "Quote: I purple, hate to be purple, that guy. What? Purple, purple, purple nurple. <laughs> purple row nurple." He says, "I hate to be that guy, but how much longer do the Rockies have with Ryan McMahon before he becomes the guy they should trade but won't?" <laughs> Which seems very accurate. <laughs> That's a wonderful question. Probably not very long, honestly. Yeah, um, next year. Yeah, I mean, Ryan he's twenty six this year. Um, currently slashing 253, 307, 484. The numbers have gone down a little bit as of late. Um, still above average in terms of OPS plus at 105, but uh, team lead in home runs at 13, which is fine. Um, I think I realized this. He has 13 home runs. No one else on the team has more than five. Ugh. Did you know that? Oh, no, I did not. I Thankfully, I, I had other work engagements last week and could not pay attention to the Rockies for like a single day, and it was fabulous. Tyler? <laughs> what? Oh, oh! I should unmute my microphone. Oh, um, <laughs> no, I, I did not know that. Uh, thankfully, I had other work obligations last week and did not have to pay attention to the Rockies for a single day. Dude, it was fabulous. I did not realize that at all. He has 13 home runs, which is great. Good for him. Uh, no one on the team has more than five? Yeah, great. Should be, should wow. Be, should be a very productive team with those numbers. Yeah, um, so that's cool. Um McMahon, he's had a very nice year. Uh, he's been very, very good defensively this year. Yeah. Uh, which is uh, something we didn't really expect necessarily. He was always a decent defender, but he's made some plays that have made you t- turn your head and you know put a star on that one this year. Um, very Nolan-esque plays, if you will. So that's been great. That's been good to see. That's where he's deriving a lot of his uh, value from right now. He's been a two-win player this year, which through you know two and a half months, that's great. Great numbers. He is also 26. Uh, he isn't also putting up the the numbers offensively that make you be like, well, you know, maybe the the splits aren't worth it, or they are, they are worth it, or something like that. It's you sitting, you know, 860 OPS at home, 713 on the road, um, eight of his 13 home runs at home. Hashtag Coors. Coors. The, the OPS has gone down uh, markedly every month. 863 in April, 788 in May, now 509 so far in June. It's not like he's 24. It's not like he's Brendan Rodgers, who still has hopefully plenty of time uh, to get his feet wet. Now, he you know, did struggle a bit early in his career, which means he didn't have a lot of time to play uh, in his first few years of his career. He made his debut in 2017, 91 games in 2018, then put a full year in 2019, uh, full year last year, and now has been the starter this year. It's probably not very long before he's the guy they should probably think about dealing right now. He has yeah. some value. The, the defense is great. He plays three, uh, well, it's two positions. Uh, well, three, not three, first, second, and third. Yeah. Um, he can play and play defense well. He's still young enough where you can get something back for him. He's still under team control. Um, free agent 2024. So, yeah, he is the guy that you could get some value from. Trevor Story, you're probably not going to get a lot of value back to you. John Gray, not a lot of value back to you because those guys are free agents coming up this year. And you know, teams don't overpay for rentals anymore. Yeah. Unfortunately, uh, you're, you're not going to get the, the, you know, the, the Carlos Beltran to the giants hall. Yeah. You know, that, that used to happen where the giants even make the playoffs that year. So you're not going to get that on the deadline anymore because teams don't want to mortgage their future and be the, you know, a, a, you know, trivia answer at the end of the year. 
So McMahon, you could get something for it. Dory Gray, it's going to be marginal, probably. Well, you get back from them. But yeah, yeah I, I think Ryan McMahon is, if they want to really do a rebuild, if they went away to the offseason, fine. Um, if the if there's a new GM coming in externally who looks at this team and says, well, here's some guy with a value we can deal and get more pieces because we're not close to contending, which the Rockies are not close to contending, he's definitely a guy they should ship out and get something for. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with him. I think it's a very good answer. What, what is this all about? Serious answer. Thanks. <laughs> um, here's here's one from uh, at Red Hawk uh, Land and Energy. Do the Rockies actually win the Gomber Arenado trade? <sighs> no, they did not. Um, <laughs> I think they're you know doing better, I guess, than uh, than maybe we would have expected. But just the haul itself, I think, basically means that you can't win that trade. Like if the Rockies had traded for some like real high risk prospect, um, then then maybe. Uh, you'd see, you know, that guy make an unexpected jaunt to the major leagues and, you know, he's just crushing pitching or he's dominating on the mound or whatever he is. And then you think like, oh, the Rockies took a risk on that guy and it ended up paying off. And yeah, Nolan Arnado's great, but look at what they got. I don't know. Like the prospect centerpiece in the trade was Elurice Montero, who was batting 200 for Hartford with a 721 OPS. Um, no, but I will say that as we discussed earlier, they're getting much better stuff from Austin Gomber than we would have expected. And that is good. That is good. Yeah. And all, also, Austin Gomber has five more wins than Nolan does this year. Yeah. Take that. Just saying. Take that, saying. Nolan. You jerk. Yeah. His, his ERA is better than Nolan this year. Pretty much all of the other guys from that trade, like, eh, okay. Mateo Gill, the son of former big leaguer Benji Gill, he's hitting 239. Uh, with an OPS uh, just over 600 for Fresno. Tony Losey, the pitcher, uh, he's actually pitched okay for Fresno, but, you know, he's a reliever. Like, you trade for a low-A reliever, that's awful. Uh, He's got an ERA of three, but, you know, he's also struck out seven and walked six in six innings. Tell me if that sounds familiar. Like, it's just (laughs) they got such a small return in that deal that it's like, I don't know. It would, you know, it would take, like, Nolan – being indicted on like insider insider trading charges for the Rockies to have like won that trade, oh, like, oh, or if like no, he's going to a white collar prison. Like, they're like no was at the was at the insurrection or something, you know? Like, right. It was just the rest of Cardinals fans. Um, yeah, so, that's why they traded the Cardinals. He wanted to be you know closer to the action. So <laughs> if, if that happens, you can bet your ass we'll say that the Rockies won that trade. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> it's all pretty depressing. Also, I just looked up. Um, I was looking at the <laughs> the announcement of the Rockies uh, McGregor Square Grand Opening, and it says live music by Raising Cane throughout the event. And I was like, well, that's a Christian oh. band if I've ever heard of one. Um, yeah. But it's not. They are actually listed as the premier among not the premier band. They're listed as the premier among Colorado wedding bands. So you want okay. to know? No, you know what? No, that's okay. A good wedding exactly. band is is super important because at a wedding, not at, at opening a, wedding. a at not at opening a a multi bajillion dollar construction project. Well, Dick Moffat's really married to that project more than he is the Rockies. <laughs> are we are we going to lie here? That's very true. So. That's very true. Yeah. Um. Okay. My my question. My question. Yeah. Um. 
here's a here's a good one. Would you rather? This is from Tim E at Tim Ing E N G Q. I'm imagining it's like Inquist. 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 Um, would you rather have the Rockies be expected to be good and still be bad, 2019, or have them expected to be bad and in fact be bad? Like oh my God, year? the latter. Are you yeah, kidding absolutely. me? Expect- expectations absolutely. kill me. I'm so like heartbroken about the abs right yeah. now. Yeah. Same. Because when you had the expectations, it's like, oh man. Like you, we, should, this team should win the cup this year, and you go up two zero, and you're five minutes away from being up three zero, and now you're down three two going down the road. You go up two zero after like, winning the first series in a sweep. You've won six straight games yeah. over the playoffs. Yeah, and and you look awesome, and you got an MVP on your team, and your team looks great from front to back, and then you you just you take it in the shorts, man. Yeah, you get outplayed for three straight games. You take a two nothing lead to the third period at home yeah. when you get to go up three two, and you blow within the first five minutes. You blow it a minute in overtime. Minutes. Oh God, no! Expectations? Absolutely not. I want no expectations if I'm going to if I'm going to deal with this stuff. It gives me so much more just anxiety and and heartache. I I hate it. Yeah. I'd much rather the Rockies be expected to be the worst team in baseball and be the worst team in baseball. Yep, yep. I'm and even even right now, the Nuggets, the Nuggets lost Jamal Murray, their second best player, for two months ago. And when that happened, the best case scenario for the Nuggets was to win a playoff series. Yep. And hopefully get Joker named MVP. Yep. And that's what happened. Yeah. Listen, and they, they're down 2 out of the Suns. The Suns are a really good team. Right. The Suns were the two seed in the West for a reason. I, if they lose this series and they get swept, they kind of fulfilled what they were possibly going to be able to do this year without Jamal Murray. Yeah, I mean, I think that's fair. It sucks, but it's fair. Totally. It totally um, sucks. Yeah. But when, when they lost Jamal Murray, you knew they were not going to win the title. Like, right. sorry. Right. Like um, it, they, they got to the playoffs as a three seed. They beat Lillard, and then the, won the postseason series. Won it on the road. Hey man, Joker got MVP, first ever MVP for the Nuggets. That's cool, man. Like that's that's a really nice season. Yeah. Like yeah. They, yeah, injuries suck. It's like last year the, when the Avs lost everybody in the second round against the Stars. They still got it to overtime of Game Seven. Yeah, with their like nineteenth string <laughs> string goalie in in that series. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think this also, um, puts us on a a very good track for Will's question at Will underscore E underscore triple seven. Why is watching every single sports team in this city? Absolute torture. I think that's, uh, not to be all, you know, cliche sports movie guy, but I think that's a blessing. I think it's because you care and it's because you love them. And if not for that, you know, and then you wouldn't have any feelings about it. I think it's, uh, does it make it fun? No. But one thing that I'm very much trying to do in this year, uh, post kind of post pandemic is realizing that the things that we should, um, feel grateful for and feel lucky for, I'm, I'm trying to really embrace that. Like we had a weird play in the uh, WBSC Baseball America's qualifier last week that I was broadcasting where um, the U.S. first baseman uh, Tristan Cassis in the Red Sox system hit a home run that I thought was just like an absolute no-doubter. It died in the West Palm Beach, Florida air, hashtag opposite of Coors, and it literally landed on top of the outfield wall and just stuck. Like it just stuck there. Yeah. Canada's right fielder goes out, jumps up, plays it off the wall, turns into a whole thing. It ends up that that Cassis is awarded a double. The runner who was coming around third gets awarded the plate. Logan Forsyth, if you're wondering where Logan Forsyth is these days. And it was just like 
insane um we had no idea what was going on in the booth we're all confused canada files an appeal which international baseball rules uh state that uh not an appeal a protest Protest, state that protests have to be ruled on immediately because you cannot replay a game the next day so they literally went into like a half hour delay to rule on this protest immediately which was insane and after it was over i was like that was fun like it was, it was so weird. Uh, it's something that I have never seen and will probably never see again. We, the the grounds guy at that ballpark, uh, what our like event operations manager was like, okay, what's the ground rule if it hits this part of the fence? There's like a, a foam padded part of the fence and there's a concrete wall. And the guy goes, ah, oh, well, ball's never gotten stuck there in all the years I've been in this ballpark. And then it happened. <laughs> it happened. So like all of that stuff, I'm just like, because we care and we're invested in things that's where like the torture of sports come in but like as much as i hate to pull from this team remember like i think it was like the 2010 san francisco giants when like torture was their thing because i believe it was mike kruko on a broadcast said something about how watching the giants play tight games late in that season was torture and so that became like their rallying cry was like that's the kind of brand of baseball that we want to play right and like I love that, man. That's what sports are for. Now, it sucks. And if the Avs lose tonight, I'll be miserable. Um, oh, you know, and if the Nuggets get swept, I'll be furious. But, like, yeah, it's 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 a privilege to watch sports, be able to go to games again, be able to high-five your friends, be able to talk about things like this. Like, remember where we all were 52 weeks ago? Oh, fuck that. This is so <laughs> great comparatively. Watching the Avs backs against the wall on the road tonight in game six in Vegas, like that's a privilege. And yeah, that's we, why we, it's we, were, we, were, we were month three of no sports at this time last year. Yeah. Yeah. And we still we had another were, six weeks to go. And we were just getting into the early stages of, well, now is how's the baseball season going to fall apart when it right. tries to come back? Because it was, you know, well, they'll try to do it by July 4th, and then it was testing, and then it was the health protocols, and then it was like it was just everything was so unknown. Yeah. And so right now I, I like it. It's a weird thing to think, but it's a thing that I I like about why it's all torture. Yeah. Also, I I, th- I will say that I think every sports city thinks that they have it the worst yeah. of any team. It's like how everybody around the country thinks they have the worst drivers. Right. You, right. any anybody you ask like, oh western massachusetts worst drivers right oh and northwest southern wyoming California. worst drivers like yeah southern California, worst drivers. right every everybody has the worst drivers in the world wherever you're from because you'll just suck at driving like, yeah i don't yeah. know everybody does yeah. everybody everywhere that's sucks kinda, at driving they may suck in different ways but kinda, they all suck at driving yeah, yeah no, I'm with you. uh so on that uh the abs angle there from our, our pal steven mangold um Good if man. the Avs don't find a way to come back against Vegas, do we start talking about Howler's curse? Haven't won since we showed him the door. Tyler, the floor is yours. First things first, um, just a moment for Howler. Just a moment. Hashtag justice for Howler. We will never forget Hashtag, Howler. hashtag our, fearless, our fearless leader. We'll never forget him. Um, hashtag, hashtag Drake. Drake LaRoche. Secondly, Drake, hashtag <laughs> Drake was a, we lost a real leader in Drake. Um, secondly, I think this is something that does need to be discussed. I think it's something that, f- f- frankly, I think that there should be an independent investigation into Howler's current whereabouts. Um, the situation that led to Howler's unceremonious uh, departure, demise, dismissal. Um, I'm not okay with it. I don't want to live in a world with no howler bernie is fine he's a dog yeah, everybody loves dogs. Wrong with bernie. He loves dogs it's cheap 
It's a yeah. cheap ploy. But Howler, Howler took some guts. Took some guts to trot a weird. Maybe Howler's just ahead of his time. We look at Gritty. Everybody fucking loves Gritty now. Yeah. Howler was gritty. weird twenty years yeah. before Gritty. And where's yeah. Howler now? In the dustbin of history is where Howler we need, is. We need justice. Cast justice aside. for Howler. Um, I will say, depending on the Avs' um, fortunes tonight, uh, there may be a Where is Howler t-shirt coming to the Deco Apparel Company that library. That is uh, right up your alley. So, yes. Um, so, you all just keep your eyes out. But I do think, I do think that uh, it's something that we need to discuss. And I'm glad that Stephen brought up such a valid question. Yeah, because it's true. It is true. Um, okay, from uh, our good buddy Rory Roth, uh, with their value somewhat diminished, what kind of haul would be ideal for both Story and John Gray come the deadline? Yeah, we, we kind of mentioned Story this already. Like, it, it's it's not going to be anything great. Yeah, unfortunately. It, These yeah, used to it, be franchise-changing yeah. deals. When you, you know, when you looked back in the day when, when Cleveland traded CC Sabathia to Milwaukee, and just brought in like every conceivable prospect. Now I don't really think many of them panned out, but uh, that was like a monster deal. And Sabathia pitched, yeah. you know, two months for the Brewers and was unbelievable. Well, I guess seventeen total starts so from the deadline through the end of the season. You know, two and a half months, whatever. They pitched him like every two days. Oh, but like he was on three days rest every every time he went he out. He went eleven and two with a one point six five ERA in seven complete games. In he was 17 incredible. starts, three yeah. shutouts, he struck out 128 and walked 25. And that year, he finished fifth in Cy Young voting in 08 because he wasn't great with Cleveland to start the year. Um, but that deal, and granted, again, like the, the prospects were not huge payoff guys for that team, but there were three prospects, Rob Bryson, Zach Jackson, and Matt Laporta was the guy who was really – the big prospect. Oh, he, in that he was deal. supposed to be the a big time guy. Yeah, big he was time power hitter out of Florida. The seventh overall yeah. pick in 07. Yeah, he was supposed to be the truth. Yeah. And Matt Laporta just never. I mean, he played parts of four major league seasons, um, but just never ne- really never, got it together. Never got it the way yeah. they thought he would. But yeah, but, these used to be franchise changing deals, and they're just not anymore. But the reason why uh, that trade was more significant for the Indians, it wasn't because of Matt Laporta. He was a bust, obviously. But uh, there was a clause in that trade where if CC got the Brewers to the playoffs, the Indians had their pick of a list of players in the Brewers minor league system. And if he didn't make the playoffs, the Brewers could pick it, pick anybody from that list. Yeah. So he got into the playoffs that year in 08. So the Indians got to select Michael Brantley. So they got Michael Pretty Brantley back in that trade. And he ended up being the best player in that trade and really was it kind of ended up in the long run better for the Indians. Because Brantley was a great player for them for a long time. And CC was there for three months and got into the playoffs, and that's great. But the, because they made the playoffs, they got Michael Brantley. If they wouldn't have made the playoffs, they would have gotten some yeah. other scrub. Much different looking franchise uh, yeah. because of that move. So, yeah, I mean, that's the, the unfortunate thing is I don't really think you can count on getting a huge haul for guys who are rentals at this stage. Um, and, you know, especially if they're not really playing that well, which right. is – kind of where they all are um so we uh continue along with as pdp um our buddy uh chris j finlay our uh, isle of man correspondent asks quote at what point do you just say fuck it and start calling up minor league guys to see who's got what who who are they gonna call up? <laughs> yeah it's pretty much ryan rollison I if mean, his exploding appendix <laughs> can heal yeah and then they I, really like, don't have anybody else like yes it should be it should be time to do that. Yeah. But who the hell are they going to call up? Yeah. <laughs> just... um, 
I think before the end of the season, you know, Ryan Valade, I'm sure we'll see at some point, is a prospect that I really like. Um, Ryan Valade was a draft selection in 2017 in the second round uh, out of uh, an Oklahoma high school, if I remember correctly. He's with AAA Albuquerque right now. He's doing really well. Um, but yeah, Ryan Rolson is the only other guy, literally, of the Rockies' top 10 prospects currently. They have, outside of those guys, uh, Valade and Rolson, they have one player who is above the high A level, and that's Elleris Montero, who we talked about earlier, who has been awful for Hartford. So, like, and also, like, really not anybody else here. And like, the teams aren't very good either. The, the yeah. Topes are nine and twenty-one. Yeah, the, the Goats terrible. are nine and twenty-three. The Indians are thirteen and eighteen. And Fresno, Fresno, is the pack, the only twenty-one hope. and ten. Yeah, the only hope. The only hope. But yeah, like that. Like, I, who the hell are you going to bring up to make yeah. it? Who's like? Who's just? You know, wasting away in the minor leagues. Yeah. Nobody. It's a very valid question. It's <laughs> Greg, just like they don't Greg, Greg have Bird? anybody. Yeah. You know. Greg Bird will come up at some point, I'm I'm imagining. Yeah. But like who, who do we need to see in yeah. the minor leagues right now? Yeah, that's a frustrating thing. I don't think, anybody, like, I don't I, I don't think anybody at all. Those dudes work, I guess. Yeah. Let's see if they can uh, good. All right. From uh Cody Robertson, when the Rocks get City Connect jerseys, how many Colorado flags should be on them? <laughs> They're just gonna be one giant Colorado flag. I uh, I mocked I mocked this up uh, on Twitter.com a few weeks ago uh, when the Red Sox announced theirs, and I just made it one giant Colorado flag with giant Colorado flag borders and everything on it. <laughs> um, no, from what I have heard, uh, the Rockies City Connect jersey when it comes out next year is going to be green uh, and will be similar in vibe to the 98 all-star game jerseys okay okay um which i'm into we've we've talked about that before. sure i think green yeah, would be a very cool different, accent thing yeah. for the rockies it's yeah, you know it's totally. evocative of course field in the mountains and all that um but that's what i've heard so that's from yeah. a pretty good source yeah, yeah I, I mean cool yeah yeah um so yeah i mean i think it's you know it's it's definitely an improvement on times new roman Maybe they'll still use Times New Roman. I don't know. From, I'm sure they will. Uh, our buddy Tyler Q, who is the absolute most handsome fellow on Rocky's Twitter? Ooh, that's a great question. That is, a great um, is question. it is it me? Mm, no. no is not. it is it you? No, it's definitely not. Certainly not. Is he fishing for a compliment here, wanting it to be him? I think so. Okay. I think that's what's happening. Oh, it, then 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 it's you, it's buddy you, Tyler. Tyler Q. Tyler Q. Yeah, dude. Last yeah, dude, name is Quinuta. Quinuta. I actually Tyler, know Tyler Q's yeah. real last name. And uh, I've known Tyler Q now for several years through Rocky's Twitter. Is just it, found is out it Quinsbury? His, just found out his last name like a month ago. It's madness. Um, he, he is no longer, I guess, really a member of Rocky's Twitter. And I don't know if he ever really was. But uh, the now radio voice of the Lake Elsinore Storm, the former radio voice of the – uh, Lancaster Jetthawks in the Rocky system. Jason Schwartz is just like, I a, am to Jason a, a Schwartz. Ve- he's a very handsome man. Yeah. I am to Jason Schwartz as Michael Scott is to Ryan Howard. Like, it's like uncomfortable how good looking Jason Schwartz is. It's to true. To me, the same way Michael felt about Ryan. That's yeah. that's our dynamic. When Jason and I were in Korea doing the U18 World Cup a couple of years ago, I would just always make comments to people about like, oh yeah, real rough going around looking like this in life. And uh, he finally at one point was like, I'm never going to be able to come on the PDP again because I know you're going to make awkward jokes like this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. It, that's it. Um, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, here's a good one from a couple more uh, from our pal Will again. Uh, this is a good one though. Uh, what if Kumar Rocker falls to the Rockies at eight um, in the draft this year? Kumar Rocker, right-handed pitcher out of Vanderbilt University. The Rockies actually drafted out of high school in the 38th round. Everybody knew he was going to Vanderbilt, so he didn't sign, obviously. And um, You know, I would imagine if he falls to the Rockies at 8, he'll be retired by 2025. (laughs) Based on the way things go. So very interesting thing because everyone's saying, oh, well, everyone knows. They don't know college baseball much. but People know who Kumar Rocker and Jack Leiter are, the two guys from Vanderbilt. but the thing with college pitchers is you got a lot of tread on the tires, yeah. uh, you know, taking off the tires right now. So like it's, they thrown a lot of pitches in their careers. Uh, yeah. They're, they're both extremely talented. If they had those skill sets coming out of high school, they'd be one, two, no matter what. Right. But there's always a, uh, something taken off the, the apple, the shine taken off the apple when they've pitched for three years, especially throwing, you know, 120 plus pitches a game. Right. Um, College baseball coaches basically have free reign to be the, yeah. the tyrants they've always wanted to be. Yeah. Like you could go out there and, you know, have a guy throw 130 pitches, then come back two days later and pitch out of the bullpen, throw 50 pitches. Like that doesn't happen in anything besides college baseball because in college baseball, the coaches, all they care about is winning to keep their jobs. Yeah. They don't care if they burn anybody out for the next level. That's not their job. So yeah. it, that's why that's the terrifying part about you really got to do your homework about guys if you're drafting them out of college. Because some college coaches will ruin guys, ruin pitchers, and don't care about it at all. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, it is not in a college baseball coach's interest to sit a guy. You know, no. it's in a college baseball coach's interest to win games. And if that means, that's a- you know, yeah, running a dude out there for 8,000 pitches per week, um, that's pretty much kind of how it goes. Um, yeah, Kumar Rocker, I mean, I think it's. It's possible that he's there when the Rockies pick at eight. Um, I don't know how much I believe that the Rockies will get. He's a guy who seems to me as though command could fall off for him, and that obviously is a problem that the Rockies cannot solve. Um, (laughs) And that worries me a little bit. I know – his command is his lowest graded tool. He's got 50 grade command, which is, you know, future projected major, major league average. Um, but if he doesn't have his stuff, which is, you know, the the fastball obviously is ridiculous. He can touch 100 miles an hour with that. His slider is fantastic. If his stuff isn't there and he struggles with command, like that's all the making of a guy who the Rockies will burn out because that's, that's terrifying. what yeah. they do now, evidently. Um, yes. You know, the the good news is he's more polished um, than, you know, if you're going for a high school guy uh, in the draft in the first round. The bad news is, you know, I just don't the, – the recent track record for the Rockies is less than ideal. Yes, John Gray is there. Yes, Kyle Freeland is there. He, he probably won't fall to them for them to ruin him. That's right. the good news. I kind of hope the Rockies end up with Brady House, who's the shortstop out of uh, right. Winderbarrow. I never know if it's Winder or Winder in uh, in Georgia, out of high school in Georgia. He was on the U15 national team that I saw a while back and was outstanding. Um, so I, I hope they go with him. Uh, but, yeah, there's, uh, eh, there's going to be some interesting options. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. 
ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Um, okay, you you have to run, so we're going to get to some of I these do. later. Because yes. before we do, yeah. I just want to get to this week's commercial roast of the week. Of course. Of course. Let's do it. Shaving has been difficult for me. It's a daunting task. A daunting task, a daunting says task. man. Knowing who we are is hard. It's hard. Eliminate who you are not first. You're going to find yourself where you need to be. I want someone to walk out on Christmas morning and see a bow on a 91 Corolla. $5 for two Whopper sandwiches. Can we get one of those grilled stuffed burrito sandwiches? Can, can I get a double-double sandwich if I'm in and out? You should consider making a big deal about it. Bigger? I said bigger. What the hell are you talking about in this entire commercial? It has that fence in the middle. It's the PDP's commercial roast of the week. The year was 2012. The advertiser, Coca-Cola. The plot? A young man eats empanadas and drinks a Coke that were not intended for him. Hi, Tito. I hope you enjoy the empanadas and Coke. Love, Mom. Aww. Hey, man. Something smells good. Hi, Tito. <sighs> hey, man. What? The- so this is a a Coke spot, and yeah. it is. Uh, as I texted you the other day, <laughs> this dude in this commercial. This is a nine-year-old video on YouTube. In this commercial, this guy is the roommate of Tito. The kid who has had empanadas and a Coke delivered to the dorm room by his mom. The roommate just takes the food and eats it. Yeah. What? It, that's, this that's, dude should be in federal prison. Should, should be in The Hague. Um, Tried for war crimes. Yeah. I, I don't understand. It's like when I, I, I thought that was like a, a, just a sitcom trope when someone puts something in the fridge at work. And someone else eats it, like like Ross, yeah. when someone ate his, his moist maker. Right. Uh, I thought that was a trope. That happened to a number of people who work with at Fox multiple times. I have oh. never once just like gone into monster? the fridge at work in a in a, in a communal fridge, right. opened up, said, hmm, what looks good? That's like I can't even fathom a doing that. Fridge, you just open up and go. Guess I'll have this. It's not I, for you. It's, like, it's it's in a Tupperware. Someone brought that from home. What why would you ever think that you would, even if it was even if it was in an In and Out bag? Why would you eat that? Right. What a bunch of monsters! This dude, oh. I have forgot. I had forgotten this commercial. I literally was on the way to the airport the other day with our broadcaster from Venezuela. Who took me to this this Venezuelan restaurant in Miami. We had empanadas, and it popped into my head. And I texted you we were on the shuttle to the airport, and I was like, Do you remember this commercial? I just yeah. like this. The thing that enrages me most about it is the guy goes, here, Tito, enjoy the empanadas and Coke. Love mom. And then he goes, aw. So, yeah. like, so you recognize the emotional impact of this gesture that Tito's mom put out there and then just mocking all love and care between mother and son. You just eat the food. 
What is wrong with well, you? I, we also don't know what I Tito's past you. looks like. You know, I don't know. Well, that's true. Tito could be shady. Maybe Tito's yeah. the bad roommate. And maybe Tito's a bad roommate. Yeah. That could be. Ooh, maybe we're seeing this Ooh. the whole way around. Yeah. They're both bad. They're both bad. <laughs> They're I both hate bad. them both. <laughs> They're both bad people. <laughs> also, the dude uh, is wearing an index finger ring when he eats the empanada. Oh, yeah, okay. he is. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, that's not okay. Yeah, it's pass. like a Celtic pass. band. Not okay. Yeah, nope, nope. Okay, well, then uh, right. we're going to we're gonna wrap this thing up. Uh, you can get in touch with us, purpledinosaurpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, I have new cool shit coming to Deco on Friday. We're recording this on Thursday. On Friday, we'll be uh, releasing new uh, i'm just gonna put it out there here on the podcast it's, we're calling i'm calling it the city series mile high city hats in rockies colors nuggets colors avalanche colors not yet broncos because it is not yet uh football season obviously and then also a, a denver t-shirt that'll be on the site tomorrow i've got nuggets and avalanche stuff up there now there is a new green department of analytics and laundry shirt and also you can keep pre-ordering your pdp uh ebbetsfield flannels hats we need to sell a few more of those in order to get that thing into production but that is all that is my sales pitch to you and uh you can go check it out decoapparelco.com we've also got the pdp t-shirts there and all the other ones so someone want to come out and say hi hi say hi johnny say hi come on johnny Say hi. <sighs> hey, there's some noise. That works. Yeah. Aww, you say hi, John. Hi, John. Oh, okay. Say hi. He's waving. If I just woke up, oh, he's waving I'm like a real person. He's like, like a real a boy. Like a real boy. Ah, oh, he thinks he's people. That's great. He does think he's people. All right, we'll get out of here. He's he's John, and he's Anthony, and I'm Tyler. We'll talk to you in a couple weeks. I'm going to be gone next week. Uh, the final Baseball Olympics qualifier in Mexico. Well, not next week. Starts on the 22nd. You can tune in at ESPN+. Plus. Um, and I'm traveling in Mexico after that for like a week, so nobody talks to me. Ooh. Okay, bye. Okay, love you. <laughs> bye. <laughs> bye. <laughs>